Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 143 with my friend, Ben Goodvich. Ben, Benny Ben, Beanie Bean. That last one was a little off, but that's okay. You might know Ben because I interviewed his sister at the beginning of this podcast. Let's see. her. His sister was uh, episode 38. And so now Ben is 143. It's been over 100 interviews since then. And Ben is his own person. And I'm excited for you to realize that when you listen to this amazing interview where we cover all sorts of fun topics. I'm not going to hold you back, though, because I know you're raring to dive in. So without further ado, here's my friend, Ben. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my All right. Friend? What's up, buddy? Hi. Nice little setup there. Yeah. I realized as soon as I turned my camera on, I was like, oh, no, I got a lot of shit happening here. Let's see. This is a whole sewing setup. My uh, ADHD got me hyper fixated on sewing for a minute, so I decided to spend a bunch of fucking money on that. Uh, have I you guess been down this here? This is growing up, right? What was that? Yeah, I said I guess this is growing up. Yeah, something, right? something like that. That whole entertainment center, I like built that. That's all custom, built into the wall, and uh, you built all that. All this, sh- I didn't build. The shelves and I was gonna the, say, that's impressive. the TV stuff. Yeah, I don't. I try not to fuck with cabinets. Cabinets are a little too uh, precision-y for my liking. <laughs> yeah, I've built a few of them. They're definitely tricky. Yeah, I, uh, you and your woodworking. That's like a next level. Yeah, you know, I kind of just like to be able to take care of myself. And it's kind of, there's so many labels la- layers to it. I have people ask me all the time. I actually had... Uh, so, I mean, living down here, you run into so many, like, famous people. I ended up – I ran into Jay Cutler, like, four sure. or five months ago. Why not? And we started – <laughs> what's that? Should, why not? Sure. And he was the nicest guy. I ended up talking to him for, like, 10, 15 minutes. And he's like, so what do you do? And I was like, oh, you know, this, that, the other. And I mentioned I do woodworking. And he was like, well, you want to redo my closet and my condo? And I was like, I think that's probably outside of my skill set. Because, I mean, I can do a lot of shit, but, like, those, like, beautiful custom built-in, like, million-dollar homes, I'm, like, I'm not going to take on something like that if, I, if I'm not going to be able to do it really, really, really well. And I was, like, something tells me you can afford somebody a little more talented than me. Oh, Ben. But I appreciate the offer. Ben. Selling yourself short, man. Self-deprivation. If a celebrity of any grade offers you a job, you say... Absolutely, because then you'll figure it out, and then you will have a networking person that you will get other jobs with celebrities. Oh man, I've been trying to get a hold of him. I've been trying to get a hold of him since he's not returning my phone calls. <laughs> fucking fucking Jay Cutler. <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> oh man, Take me back. the biggest pain in the ass with woodworking is having the accessibility to all the tools and shit because. You know, if you have a house, typically Absolutely. you got to get it all out. Then you got to clean up everything. You got to put it all away. Um, just yesterday, I was putting together this little box. And instead of getting my fucking router out and doing some edge work so I could actually, like, put the corners together properly, I was like, I'm just going to glue them, like, as is. I'm not going to do any fucking dados. I'm not going to do anything because, fuck it, I don't want to get another tool out because I'm just going to have to put it away later. 
Oh my god, it's such and it's I mean, it's one of those things too. It's kind of it's kind of like cooking in a sense where like you can be a very simple novice and still build a bird box or do you know, you can do little, little stuff if you can follow instructions and know yeah. how to use tools. But it's just like cooking, like you can make mac and cheese or taco a case but like you just get a little more experience, you get a little better ingredients, you get a better, you know, you can just slowly, it never ends. You, it's There's so much intricacy to it. I find it so fascinating. So as soon as you feel like you got something, you're like, well, if I had this tool, I could really, you know, step it up. But it's like, well, that's $1,300. And you're just like, how, it's just such an expensive hobby, which is probably part of music too, where you're like, man, if I just had this Kemper, or I had that, you know, all of a sudden you're just like, but it's just a wormhole you can't get out of, unless you're like really going to, you know, make it your full-time work yeah i, I feel like part-time it's really hard to justify especially if you're married be like hey erica i'm gonna go spend all this money on a tool i'm gonna use twice a year i have had that exact conversation actually <laughs> um yeah no, the, you can use it too yeah, yeah i'll teach great. you um i think music <laughs> though the only problem i run into expense wise is like because i think you can get a you can get a fucking thrift store guitar and and do stuff with it but you want to record anything better start fucking forking out the money because all the even even with cheap free gear to record with like you can't put that out it sounds like crap like once it goes through all anyway i can get in weeds on that but i digress ben hello (laughs) welcome what's up buddy um i appreciate you sitting down good to see you man good good to see you too um I normally start these things out with how I know people and I, I originally met you through your sister cause we worked together at Best Buy and then you, you're her brother. And over time I just met you and found out that Ben's a good guy bump into you as you're bartending. Then you I got into woodworking. You. Now you're uh, living in Nashville doing who knows what we're going to find out uh, apparently today, but it's <laughs> a good question. What, what am I doing? That's a good question. I actually was, uh, I was interested because I, I, right when you text me, I didn't even know, I know you always did podcasts. I yeah. know you did like the, uh, the 90 craft beer and nineties thing. Oh yeah. I always listen to a bunch of those. And I was like, so this morning I got up and I was like, I should probably get an idea of what this podcast is about. And I, so I was just listening to the one with my sister. Oh yeah. See if she gave me any shout outs in there. <laughs> I, I was disappointed. I, <laughs> Expecting a whole segment on how awesome I am. Well, I'll tell you, Ben, that is the... That's part two. That's the downfall that we share is we are the younger siblings. <laughs> she's she's pretty awesome. Pretty lucky to have her. Well, that's enough about her. Let's focus on you. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's... Moving on. Let's zo- we'll, we'll zoom out. We'll rewind. You're born raised in Michigan, right? Is that... If I'm re- remembering yep. correctly? Yeah. Uh, Yep, I was born in Hurley Hospital in Flint. Oh. Um, my lovely mother, Carol. Uh, like I said, Lauren, uh, yeah, she was in Grant because they moved obviously between her being born and me. So the earliest memory I have is we lived on Corbin Street in Holly. So that was like my first early memory living there. But yeah, I, uh, born and raised in Michigan. Yeah. So what? Uh, what do you do as a kid? Like, uh, what are you getting up to? Are you, cause you're the, you're the boy, you know, you're all, you have an older sister. So is your dad like taking you out and being like, all right, let's do a bunch of boy shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I was very lucky. I mean, I, 
me and Lauren are very similar, but we're extremely different. I uh, I was always into sports. I played sports early on. I was playing varsity sports as a freshman. I played travel hockey, ran track, did all that. And my dad was always my coach growing up until he got kind of to the point where like it was a little outside his skill set. But yeah. I was really lucky that he was able to kind of take me around and do all that stuff. But yeah, sports were definitely my life as many kids were for the majority of my first 16, 17, 18 years of my life. I have a lot of questions about that. <laughs> Let's hear them. First, did you, do you think you got into sports just because you were interested in sports or was that something like your parents pushed you into when you were a tiny kid? Not at all. I was just the boyiest boyiest boy. And my, uh, <laughs> we grew up, I have a lot of cousins, but we were super close. I mean, you've met Greg and Rachel before, right? Yeah. So it was awesome growing up because uh, Greg was my sister, my sister's age and Rachel was my age and their mom, Pat is my sister's mom. So every year it was probably the best thing my parents could have ever done is the eight of us would go to a different state park for like a week every year growing up. So we got to do all the, you know, Taquamanon falls and the shipwreck museums oh, and that's all the, cool. you know, play. so my cousin Greg was super into sports. So he was kind of growing up. He was my big brother basically. So I looked up to him a lot and, he would always drag me around with all of his friends and, you know, as we got older, we got, you know, snuck me into parties and colleges and stuff like, but like, he was just a great role model. He always played sports and hockey and baseball. So like my dad was always into it and my aunts, my uncles and stuff like that. And it was always a natural thing, but I think definitely I always kind of wanted to be like Greg growing up because he was my kind of my big brother figure. Cause even my, even my older cousins, they were probably, I mean, they were older than Lauren. So they were, I'm close to them, but they were, you know, yeah. five, six years older than me. So just enough where I didn't, and they, you know, by that point they were all, a lot of them went to college at Michigan tech. So they kind of, they're all scattered. So Way he was kind of the one that was right in my pocket that I got to spend time with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what the dynamic is like having your dad as your coach. Cause you got, you got dad as dad and then you're playing sports. Like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta listen to this guy here too. <laughs> like what's, what's this all about? Uh, well, I mean, it was, it was different because he, I mean, he coached me when I was like seven to like eleven. So yeah. I mean, the stakes are pretty low. Yeah. At that point, once I started playing like pretty high end travel and stuff like that, like he was involved, but he wasn't. Because I mean, he plays men's league and stuff, and he knows his stuff, but he's not like. I didn't grow up with him like as a coach. Coach, he just kind of a lot of people's dad, you know, just little league, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that was really cool. He was always really involved. But as soon as I, like I said, started getting into like serious travel and going up, up and up, he, he definitely stepped back. Although all those teams, they have like coaches that have been there for years and years that ran those programs. Um, but like, he was always pretty good. I mean, he wasn't like, you know, screaming at me or yelling at me if I had a bad game. Uh, he was always like really good at like, you know, he always had, pointers or like oh i noticed this or yeah. wish the coach did this or something like that but i actually that, that reminds me i forget who it was i it might have just been some dumb thing on instagram but it was like this guy wrote, he's like my dad's my coach and he was driving me to practice and we ran late and we got late and he made me run sprints because i was late <laughs> and he drove me. <laughs> that's so fantastic that probably sums it up <laughs> on time bud you drove me <laughs> Oh man. Um, so is sports your primarily or your primary like social outlet 
when you're a teenager? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I think playing team sports is probably one of the best things anybody young could do because you learn a lot about yourself, you know, caring about other people, you know, just the camaraderie, all that kind of stuff. And I think that really kind of springboarded who I am today. Um, but I, I, I was lucky. I mean, Lauren was a senior when I was a freshman and we didn't, all, we didn't have a lot of the same friends, but I think I was able to kind of meet a lot of people through her cause she had already kind of went through the school. So yeah. a lot of the teachers knew me like Rob, her first serious boyfriend, he ran track. He was like all American at track. So he was always super sweet and super helpful and nice. And so I met a few people through him. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I got, I got lucky. I like my freshman year, I was running varsity track and played football and all that stuff. So I was kind of thrown into some older kids pretty early on. And I think that kind of framed who I am as a person. I, yeah. Uh, I think for the most part in high school, that's, the groups you're in, the clubs you're in, that's kind of exclusively yeah. to hang out with. And then I, we didn't have a hockey team in Holly, so I always played travel. So I always kind of got to know. I had a whole another like separate group of friends through that. Does the so, the yeah. all like the older people you're hanging out with, like you're talking about Greg and and then Lauren's friends and and her boyfriend at the time and stuff. Does that lead to you like? doing partying and stuff earlier than than you may have normally <laughs> oh yeah lauren was like 18 19 i'm passed out under a tree on dilly road somewhere <laughs> at a sleepover uh-huh. but no uh-huh. i mean it was it was it was never dumb stuff it was <laughs> i never got in trouble i never got like i was never drinking and driving or any of that yeah, stuff yeah. it was just normal high school living in the, the sticks kind of things but yeah you get invited to to things and you know but that's that's everybody in high school you know, the whole, like, oh, I'm going to a sleepover, and you pick up the bag, and it's just, like, clanking bottles in your backpack <laughs> as you sneak out. Ah, the old clanking bottles in the backpack. Yep. What uh, what are you doing academically? Was school good, bad, whatever? Uh, definitely wasn't bad. It was more of, I always had a tough time focusing. I'm more of a doer. I'm not very good in a classroom setting I, I always i think i had like a 3.1 like low b wrong mid that. c kind of yeah i i don't know lauren was always a lot better that stuff than me i i i think that kind of makes like we can get into it later but i think i've always just been so it's not adhd but i've always just been so interested in so many different things and it's pulled me in so many different directions which is a good thing but also like when I was in school, I was always just preoccupied with so much other stuff. Yeah, I uh, so I probably could have spent a little spent a little bit more time in the books, but I was never like, you know, I never got detentions. I never got, you know, I never got really failed anything. It was just more of like, you know, like any teenage boy, I just probably wasn't as focused as I should have been. Yeah, but, I got the same thing, but mine is ADHD, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, see, uh-huh, uh-huh. I just figure if i don't go to the doctor they won't tell me anything's wrong <laughs> there so you go. i'm just gonna self-diagnose yeah. right now yeah. yeah well that's uh i mean that's my showing you the shit behind me it's all hyper focused fucking go off on tangents like i'm gonna be interested in this for a little while and then i'm just gonna get fucking bored with it um right it's my entire life uh did you go to college after high school yeah, so I uh, I went to OCC for a couple of years because I had no idea what I wanted to do. 
and it was kind of, and it's, it, I think we're all kind of looking back on that generation and all of us going to college where you're like, man, I wish I just took a little bit more time and actually figured out what I wanted to do. Cause it was such just in the norm that everybody had to be like, well, you got to go. Yeah. You oh, got to yeah. go. And Dude, I'm like going to college right now and, and I'm taking, 40. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just like, but at this point you at least know what you want to do. Yeah, I was exactly. just kind of like, well, I guess I just take econ and you know, I don't just any, and then I ended up playing hockey at Eastern Michigan. So I ended oh, okay. up after a couple of years, I ended up going up there and I lived in Ipsy Ann Arbor area for like five years, four or five years. That's a dangerous place. I really enjoyed <laughs> Ipsy. Yeah. I've, I've, I had a couple friends that went to Eastern right out of high school. And so I spent some time down there and, uh, right, right when I started drinking, really, right when I started really leaning into it, uh, yeah, got some fuzzy stories from, from Eastern. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and that, and that's, a, that kind of goes back to high school where I, you know, I, I right away ended up living at the hockey house, which is like, it sounds as douchey as it is. It's like a big <laughs> frat house that they've just passed down for years. Like, 20 years and it's just disgusting but it was like an honor you're a friend nobody ever gets to offer to live there and i gotta so all my buddies were all seniors and stuff on the team so we had parties and stuff like that all the time but uh yeah it's uh i mean it was cool because it was in ann arbor basically yeah and i love ann arbor i'm a huge michigan fan we got to go to games and go to the bars down there and stuff like that so that was really cool but ipsy itself i mean I think I kind of came in at the wrong time because I remember when I got there, there was like one year where there was all these streets and all these awesome bars. And then like the next year, somebody bought up that whole street and shut all the bars down. So there was like two bars. Oh, wow. And everybody was like, oh, my God, we used to go to, you know, there's Monday night was this bar. Tuesday night was this bar. Wednesday night was, you know, quarter beers at the wooden nickel and all this stuff. And they all like shut down within like two years of me being there. So it was like, well, I guess we're just going to Ann Arbor. Wow, which was probably better, a little little safer than tipsy ipsy. Yeah, I uh, I was underage when I was hanging out there, so bars meant nothing to me. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I don't think I knew that you lived down there for for so long. That's crazy. Yeah, like 2011 to like 2016, probably. Wow, ish. Yeah. Huh. Learn something every day. I mean, yeah, it was funny. To, it was funny too because I. I wanted, I was going to play juniors and I was, there's a couple of teams I was looking at. One was in Alaska and one was in North Dakota. And that was like my big, like, I was like, all right, this is the next step. I'm going to go here, play juniors. And then it ended up just kind of not working out for, I forget what reason. And then, uh, I literally remember I was like, well, I gotta, I haven't applied to a single college. So I remember I like, I like put my application to Eastern and like a half hour later, they're like, you want to come here? Come on down. Felt, felt like a pretty simple process. Yeah, they're like, "Oh shoot, you serious? All right." Let's assume I let's assume I so. know very little about hockey. Can you tell me what that journey is like and what juniors are and like what like was that the the dream at one point was like eventually I'll get to the NHL. Well, I think I, any young kid playing sports that has any level of success probably thinks that's the goal. Um, hockey is very confusing. It's it's not as linear as like football is. Yeah. You, I mean, there's house hockey is basically like anybody can sign up at any skill level and you're on a team. They just put you on a team. 
And then travel, they have single A, double A, triple A, and you know that's a little bit higher. And then after that is juniors, and juniors there's like twenty different leagues. There's like three different tiers. This is like I there's it's a whole other fucking world. Like you're talking about taking econ, right? You you threw that out as a joke, but like it does feel like an entire like almost like accounting class like okay this is this tier this is this league this is this level uh, and then you have to do this to get to this level and then you have to be in this league in order to do this and and i thought like just like minor league baseball right like we we're trying to figure it's exactly out. it's just minor league baseball oh my god it's you're like you're insane. in the league you're in this league you're it's very, very confusing uh, for? um but yeah that's that's pretty much where my hockey career ended six fake teeth later <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, you you don't remember that? I don't know if I knew there oh, yeah, was my, that many. Oh my front top, yeah, all my front top ones. I got to stick to the mouth, and I was uh, my mom was not excited about that. Yeah, uh, so you finished school at Eastern, yes? Yep. And then what's what's next on the agenda for Ben? Like, what's you have a plan at that point? You, you kind of like hockey's not it. You decided college probably a better bet. Like, do you still do you have a like a goal at that point, or are you just doing what? So I went to school. I went to school for hospitality. <laughs> okay. I always worked at restaurants. My first job was at Deer Lake Country Club. You know, serving drinks and yeah. work. You know, doing that, and then I worked at a couple bars through college, and then uh, so I kind of wanted to get into like country clubs and like resorts, and I think my idea was kind of to work at like a high. Cause there's a lot of cool perks you can have with that, you know, with that field of work. So yeah. I, that was always kind of my idea. So I ended up, I worked at, I was managing Churchill's in Birmingham, the cigar bar. I had a close family friend that was the chef there that ended up getting me the job, which I probably was very underqualified for it. But, uh, I worked there for about a year and it was great. It was just kind of a family run. They're all Chaldean, wonderful, wonderful people. But I just, I just, I wasn't a member of their family, so I was never going to really move up the chain. I have too heard high. this so from uh, other people that are working in like really nice places that are family owned, and you just know you're like, you can only get to this point because you're not part of that family. Like I've heard that same thing about yeah, other like, places. Again, the sweetest people ever. Yeah. They'll do anything for you. But yeah, I mean, it's like the owner is this. His sister in law runs the books. His, you know brother-in-law is this man, you know, and you're just, so it was a great experience. And then after that, I was the food and beverage director at Meadowbrook in Northville, which was a huge step up. I mean, like Mary Barra, the CEO of General Motors is a member there. Like it, it's, there's a lot of big, big wigs there. So I worked there for two years and then they voted to redo the golf course. So they shut everything down for a year. And it was me and another guy who'd been there since he was like, 10 years old and he's 60. So they had to cut, you know, some staffing. So I unfortunately was the new guy. And then I went to Knollwood country club in West Bloomfield. Making the rounds. Same kind of thing. Worked there for a little while and then just kind of ended up moving on. After that, I kind of got back into bars. I went to Otis supply. And then after a couple of years there, a lot of the main core people kind of started moving on to do different stuff. And I, kind of felt the same way. I was getting a little bit burnt out. So I actually was looking to get into a more traditional job because I was kind of just getting sick of going to bed at 3 a.m. every night and, you know, 
it gets old, man. Uh, those those out <laughs> those hours, man. You miss every the amount of like birthdays and you know Christmases where you got to leave at five o'clock. Like, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try and do something a little more traditional. So I actually went into beer sales, but then I quickly realized I am the worst salesman that's ever lived. I would like walk into a place and I'm like, you know, what do you think about this? And they'd be like. You know, I, I would just be like, yeah, you're right. You probably don't need any more. Thanks, man. Like, I just, I had no, like, killer instinct in me at all. I was way too nice. Yeah, so one of my accounts was uh, Milf- uh, Pallet in Milford. So Joe Hibbert, the manager there, I was there just kind of hit my accounts. And he just took a liking to me. And then he kept calling me after that and was like, hey, like, I'd love to have you run my bar. And I was like, God, I just got out of this, like, seven months ago. And then he you know, offered me a good amount of money and it seemed like a really good fit. So I went there. Uh, and then that's all when COVID happened. Oh it yeah. It kind of led into That'll COVID. Do it. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. I'm familiar. <laughs> Remember COVID? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. This whole where, thing. where in this do you start to get into woodworking and how does that come up? What kind of outlet is that for you? Um, so I think probably right at the point we're at probably a couple of years before and my dad's very handy i always just kind of learn things from them but i really kind of just taught myself over time i would literally just be like wow like I, that was just i'd like see pictures of stuff or watch videos of people doing woodworking and i just thought it was so cool and i always wanted to be able to you know do things for myself like oh i need a table i'll just make one oh i need a shelf up i'll just make one like I, little stuff like that and so i, I was okay uh and again at this point i'm slowly like building up my shop and then covid hit and i was dating this wonderful girl in milford and she lived right down the street from the bar so when covid hit and everybody was like well you got to go to one place so i was like okay well i ended up staying with her and she had a garage so i just you know would wake up every day and be like well what am i gonna do and i just started tinkering around and I started doing all this wall art stuff and it started to take off. Like I started getting really, really good at it. And I actually made pretty good money during COVID for that. I was, you yeah. know, I was getting 10 to 15 orders a week. Can I ask you some pretty cool stuff? And I just uh, about that, like, so that sort of stuff, especially uh, like the, the wall art format, there's, there's an aspect of creativity there. I'm curious, like, is that something that just, happened or have you always had some sort of creative thing in the background uh like where did that come up with instead of like it's one thing to be like i want to know how to frame a wall and drywall it but it's another thing to be like right build a table or like do a fucking art piece for a wall so like where did that come from um (laughs) i mean i think deep deep down so uh so my mom's father who i never met he passed away before i was born um he was a painter and he made like wooden ducks. Okay. Like a lot of the paintings around my parents' house are my, uh, him. And like, like I said, like those little mallards and stuff, he was just a very, very artistic guy. And my mom would always tell me how much I reminded of him, her reminded her of him. <laughs> so I always kind of took that as a point of pride. And then, so maybe that's kind of in the blood, but then there's actually this really cool. I remember I stumbled upon this, instagram page it was called 1776 it was a company that did kind of similar stuff it was a guy in nashville ironically that i knew before i even moved here 
Um, and it was the same kind of thing. He, he was just this guy. He was a musician, and he was trying to make it in Nashville. And he literally was just trying to make some money, and he found some old pallets in his backyard and started making, you know, little designs. And then, you know, I'll send, I'll send you a link to it. Uh, but, like, yeah, you know, 10 years later, he's doing these giant murals and, like, inlays at hotels and all this. So I, I, ne- I never, like – took his design but just he had a very similar style and i would i could kind of i was always good at looking at anything made of wood and being able to understand how it's made yeah like joiner like i if we ever went to a restaurant i would just be sitting there like looking up at the ceiling like i just that stuff fascinates me so much how they like like i said joinery and just how things are put together so i i was able to look at it and it kind of took a while to figure out what kind of material that was best to use that was the most affordable and just the kind of process but i just you know you have all this time off and you kind of just tinker away at it. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, okay. And then you try different stuff and, you know, some more intricate designs. And it was something people hadn't really seen much of. And I think it's kind of blowing up a little bit more now with the Etsy world and Pinterest and all that kind of stuff. But um, again, like I just kind of, it just, and then I've slowly, when I moved here, it was kind of a process to kind of get it rolling again. And I, I kind of wanted to get more into like larger pieces. Yeah. Um, just not only to like expand my skill set, but also like, you know, make a little bit more money than a couple hundred bucks on something. Um, so I, I do that. I do custom stuff. I started getting really into like consignment furniture. Like I flip a lot of furniture now, which is pretty fun. Find like old antiques on Facebook marketplace. I'm curious, like to throw your cooking metaphor back at you too, because that that's you could have said the same thing about how you were figuring it out. You're like, oh, and then I realized, like, oh, I can try something new with this, and I can add in this. It's just like it just exact same thing you're saying earlier with the cooking, where you can be like, yeah, oh, I'm gonna try to you know add more spices to this or, or do whatever that is. And it sounds like exactly. you're just finally kind of given the time and freedom to just like fill your time and that's what you found out is that accurate yeah i mean it's i think that's kind of how a lot of people took covid i i mean obviously it's very sad that you know people were affected by it but i know a lot of people especially living down here um that were able to use that for a positive Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people were like, you know, it kind of reset their life and they're like, you know what? And I wasn't doing, I, I enjoyed my work. It was just more or less the priorities that I had in my head of what I wanted my life to look like. I didn't want to be missing everything. I didn't want to miss every trip. I wanted to be able to golf with my dad on the weekends. I wanted to see my nephews. I wanted to be at a Christmas party with my family and not have to leave at five o'clock. So I was like, well, I got to start honing the skill that I, it makes me happy. And, you know, it took a little bit of time and, but uh, I've kind of finally carved out a way to make a pretty decent amount of money and, you know, get up every day and enjoy my, enjoy my day. Yeah. So how does, how does Nashville happen where you've alluded to that a few times you're there now? Um, when does that happen? How, why does that happen? <laughs> Go down that road. Cause that's a fun story. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, again, it kind of was all COVID. I, uh, I love Michigan. I love it so much. I have all my family there. I have all my friends. There are tons of friends there. My two beautiful nephews are there now. Um, but you know what? I kind of just was like, I needed something different. Uh, I needed a little. And I think 
I wasn't in a rut, but I kind of felt like I needed a, I, I, I've always been really good at meeting people and networking. I've yeah. always, you know, talking to a stranger at a bar kind of thing. I've always been really good at that. So I kind of felt like it'd be good for me to kind of push myself and, you know, give myself a new challenge. And then I had a buddy down here. That's actually, I went to high school with who lived right down the street from me growing up that lives down here. And I had visited him a couple times. And I mean, obviously I love country music. I love warm weather. I love the outdoors. I love, and you know, and Nashville's just big enough that it's not like a huge city. Like if you ever spend a lot of time here, it's a very small group. It's a very small network of people. So it's a good transition from like, you know, it's not like living in New York city. Yeah. Um, which I don't think I would ever do well with. Um, but yeah, he just was like, dude, you should come down here. I have a house. You can live with me for a couple months while you get settled. He had a garage. He let me use for my tools. So I, and I got very lucky that I, you know, I just got out of a relationship when I moved. Um, so luckily I didn't have any really ties. So, I mean, I feel very grateful that I was in a position that I was able to do that. It's definitely a luxury. A lot of people, you know, whether you have a mortgage or you have a, you know, a sick family member or your yeah. child or you have work, like a lot, not a lot of people have that opportunity to kind of pick up and move. And, um, and so I got down here right after December, like December 27th, 2020, I think is when I moved. Um, and yeah, it was great. I, I got really lucky too. I met a really good group of people here pretty quickly. Surprisingly, a lot of people from Michigan. It's like a, it's amazing how we all find each other. Yeah. Um, but it's a very inclusive town. You know, a lot of people, because it's, it's obviously based around music and songwriting and stuff. So a lot of people left what they were doing to follow their dream. Yeah. So it was a very good incubator to do what I was doing. You know, I mean, it just, it took a, I got lucky that I found a lot of really good friends very quickly that helped me kind of navigate it and figure out where to go, what to do, what to avoid, how to, you know, all those little things that you kind of need when you move to a new city. Yeah. And I'm also kind of glad I did it at the age I did. I moved when I was 30. I feel like if I moved here when I was 20, I'd probably be dead by now. There's <laughs> just too much to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how it would survive, but like you're able to navigate it. You're able to talk to people with a different perspective. You're able to, you know, have your boundaries up and your priorities and, you know, still enjoy the days where you go out and do stuff. And, but you, you got to get in a good routine and, you know, have discipline really to, not get sucked up in a yeah i don't know if you know this especially with how popular it is i moved down there when i was 25 for like did you really i didn't know i lived there for i lived in mount juliet for like three months (laughs) and uh my car i spent 1300 bucks to get my car like in good condition to drive down there within like a week of it being there the tie rod broke and i was i was broke uh I got a, I transferred my restaurant job. They barely put me on the schedule. I was like, this is not panning out. Erica had to drive down and like literally pick me up and bring me back home. It was a fucking disaster, but it's, it's a good town. And I was, I always wonder like if I would have came down there under different circumstances, if, uh, what that would have been like. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, that's a big part of it. Like you gotta have, you know, my buddy let me stay with him. I mean, the house I have now, I have a three-car garage for my wood shop. I'm five minutes from downtown. Uh, I got a great landlord. Like, it's just, And the price of living here is so astronomical. So having a lot of things fall my way was very fortunate. That helped me kind of get through that first year of transition 
very, very grateful for the people I have around me that helped me do that. Yeah. Can we talk about some of those people around you and what you're doing, like what that half of your life looks like and what that is? <laughs> I think like 90% of my friends down here are all involved in music and somehow I've, yeah. you know, comes to the territory. Do, are, you know, tour, touring guitar players and like uh, Tyler Braden is a really good friend of mine. He's, I think he's out open for Luke Bryan right now. So he's, absolutely killing it right now. He signed a Warner. Uh, I got to go on the Brantley Gilbert tour with him out West a couple years ago, which was a pretty incredible experience. Uh, but Jason is the, I think the one you're talking about. He's from Jackson, Michigan, actually Jason cross. Um, also from Michigan. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. He's very, very dear friend of mine. Wonderful person. And he's doing the same thing. He's just, he's just grinding. He's, traveling i think he was just in oregon a couple days ago playing a festival but it's just really cool seeing how the music industry works and how you know it's it's kind of heartbreaking in some ways because you see how much control like the labels and all that stuff have and you'll go you'll you'll go to a bar on a tuesday afternoon and hear somebody who's the best singer you've ever heard in your entire life and you're like how are you not famous But you just got to have the look. You got to be at the right time. You got to have the right people have your back. You got to have the right songs. There's just so much that go into it. It's um, just so funny that like, you got, you got, uh, I mean, you, you've had, you've got to have so many cool experiences because of the people that you kind of made friends with, right? Like you were just talking about being on a tour out West. Like that's a, uh, well, I've, uh, I've, yeah, I mean, I kind of started just, that's kind of always been the way I am, but I, I moved down here. I kind of just started saying yes to everything that somebody would offer me. Like I've driven tour buses. I've done security. I've tour managed. I've, I flew out to LA a couple of weeks ago just to pick up a U-Haul for a buddy and drive it down state and fly home in 48 hours. So it's, I've been, I think I only have two States I haven't been to yet. Maine and Alaska. Yeah. Well, in Hawaii. Sorry. So three, <laughs> but yeah, in the last three years, I've been to almost every state two or three times. Just, I've done, yeah, we did the Brantley Gilbert tour out west. Um, I've been out with Noah Cyrus. Uh, Kenny Hoopla is a guy that I've been working with. I was actually supposed to do the Blink-182 tour this year, and some stuff got changed around, so that would have been pretty special. What's but, been your um, favorite place to visit Like uh, that, you've, that you've been at for a tour city or something that you're like, oh, I would go back there for a vacation? Um, it's kind of tricky. It's a good, it's a good and a bad thing. But a lot of times when you're doing that, you're in a town for like one night. Yeah. You'll like get there, go to the venue, sound check, go to the hotel. Don't really get to go back to the bus much. show. And then you get up in the, at, you know, then you leave first thing after the show. So it's, um, I love Montana. Montana is beautiful. Tahoe, Lake Tahoe is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, think all the visually like, stunning places yeah <laughs> yeah uh i think one of the prettiest places i've ever driven through was we drove through like vermont in the in the fall oh, okay. going up to quebec that was really pretty just like a giant hallmark movie um yeah i don't know i mean i've i don't really have many bad experiences i Somehow, every time I'm in New Mexico, it's raining and there's like homeless people walking around. So I've probably given it a bad rap, but I haven't had many good experiences in Albuquerque. Yeah, I imagine Breaking I'm Bad sure it's a beautiful gave New place. Mexico a bad rap as well. 
Yeah, I don't know if which is where our hotel room ends up being. Um, <laughs> I've been to, yeah, I've been to, I don't know, a lot of my favorite memories aren't even the places, it's just the people you're with and the nights, you know, like, I've had a lot of great nights at the Bowery in Myrtle Beach, got some really good friends down there, we down there for CCMF, um, George, uh, Mankin, Georgia, has really been really good to us, there's a little cool venue down there, um, that we always play that has always been good to us. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm just kind of just been trying to say yes to as many things as I can and get as much life experience as I can. I'm down here. I might as well, you know, and that's led me to meet a lot of great people. You yeah. show up and do, even if it's a menial job, if you do it the right way and show up for people and do it well, you'd be shocked at how many people reach back out to you or yeah. give your name to somebody else and, so and I, I, don't, I don't plan on doing it forever, but, you know, but, you know, the good thing to have the time that I'm able and healthy and willing. You're like, I just, you know, do it for the autobiography. Yeah, there you go. Uh, on the note of autobiography, <laughs> let me ask you uh, uh, the last, you know, we'll say the last 10 years. What's been like the, the high point and low point, the, those those 10 years? Oh, my gosh. Um <laughs> I think, I think the low point, and it's not necessarily because I wasn't happy, but like probably about nine months after I moved to Nashville, like, cause I went from, you know, having a really good salary. I had a company truck, I had my phone paid for all that stuff. And then giving all that up and moving down here it, and I was really like, cause I could have easily went to a bar and got a bartending job, but I was like, you know what? I want to do X, Y, and Z and I'm going to stick it out. So there's, and it was, like I said, it wasn't because I wasn't happy, but like I was pretty tight on cash there for a minute. It was, you know, like cliff diving and then you get close to the rocks and then you swing right back up. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it learned, I learned a lot about myself. Like when you got to really, you know, really Cut grind as many and really, as you know, <laughs> um, I mean, high point. I don't know. It's been pretty great having two nephews. I definitely wish I get to see them more, but I usually get a FaceTime from Everett every couple of days. My mom's with them all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, me and Lauren have gotten a lot closer. I mean, we've always been close, but I'm pretty happy, pretty great seeing her in such a good spot and have such a beautiful family and, uh, my parents are starting to retire now. So getting to see them enjoy those things a little bit more. And I mean, I think I just love being here. It's kind of a catch 22. Cause like I said, everybody, I, you know, my whole family's back home, but I definitely feel like this is the place that I belong for right now. And yeah. it's taught me a lot about myself. And, um, but I can't really point to one singular, like, yeah, it's a amazing, weird question, you know, moment, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's, so, a, I mean, I the, think, yeah, the joy and gratitude you get out of, like your family and their experiences is, is admirable. So kudos to you. That's, I mean, that's great. That's, that's a beautiful sentiment. Um, I think, I mean, I think we're current talked about doing the furniture and stuff now. I mean, is there anything else you're doing right now you want to talk about? Um, where can people find you? Where can they find me? I'm sitting in my bedroom right now. <laughs> uh, 
So I'm actually just my name. It's just at Ben Goodvish. Um, my woodworking is under South Hill sawdust. I'm trying to, I'm in the process of kind of revamping that. I got to get better at my technology skills. I need to bring in a consultant or something to help me, you know, I'm uh-huh. not very hip, hip with all that, but I got to grow with the times. So um, that'll probably be coming out in the next month or so. Hopefully get that kind of all rebranded. Um, what else is coming up? I think. I don't know, man. Just enjoying it. I, yeah. It, I'll tell Sounds you what, like... man. As much as I love Michigan, it's pretty nice having sunshine for 250 days of the year. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you there. I. I. Uh, I would love to go somewhere that isn't crazy hot, but also doesn't really have much of a winter. That'd be. That's fantastic. Yeah, it, it gets pretty hot and sticky here for sure. But it's. Uh, it's just. I don't know. I, I, looking back, like I said, I. I love the seasons. It was just how gray it gets in the Midwest. Yeah. You don't realize how depressing that is when you, it's just gray for like four months out of the year. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but no, my, uh, I, my parents are coming down to visit uh, in October. They still haven't been down yet, so I'm excited to show them around. That'll be fun. Um, oh, it's funny you brought up Greg. I'm... <laughs> peek behind the curtain i'm talking to greg's wife on thursday for this oh really yeah i'm interviewing her for the show i was like oh my god those are gonna bring, be back-to-back interviews in. when i release it yeah so it'll be <laughs> ben and then the next week it'll be laurel so that'll be funny shout out to laurel yeah we, we love some laurel actually i uh it was so because i mean i don't get to come home too much but um the fourth of july independence time available so i ended up going back home to my aunt pat and uncle mike's and seeing everybody for the the fourth and i i hadn't seen greg in like probably five years it was just every time i was here he was there every time i was back they were there like he's got three kids and i've only met one of them (laughs) so it was nice to to catch up with those guys and yeah they got their hands full too well Um, i will uh i gotta get on the wagon here when we disconnect here i will send you a video of one of your nephews. Actually, I think both of them are in it from just them being fucking hilarious and weird. When I was Adorable. There sometime in the last month or two or something. Uh, God, I, I called, I called, I called Lauren the other day and we we're FaceTiming and she's got, you know, everybody's running around and, and then she sets the phone down and Everett climbs on the table and he just squats right on top of the camera, completely <laughs> naked, just oh like right in my face. Like, all right, well, good to see you. Too. I was uh, like, so if I do that, I get in trouble. Yeah, all of a sudden, I'm a predator. <laughs> yeah, I squat on a Zoom call and I get canceled. Oh my god, that's fucking that's hilarious. He does it. He's so sweet. Well, I think a, a, a squatting butthole picture is a good thing to end it on. So, on that note. Yeah. I will. Uh, I bid you adieu, Ben. I appreciate you doing this though and taking time out and uh, and yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you got something out of it. I did. So that's oh, yeah, all. Oh yeah, really I appreciate it, dude. Great to see you, man. Glad everything's going well. I'll uh, hopefully be home close to the holidays, so have some NA beers. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you some regular ones. Just we'll call it even. <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> all right, I'll talk to all you. Right, later, tell man. Erica I said hi. I'll talk to you soon, man. I will. See ya. See ya. You and I am
have lots in common, my request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right, you just listened to my interview with Ben Goodvich. I think we covered a lot of topics, right? Woodworking, uh, kind of little little touched on being an uncle, and uh, got moving to Nashville. I like Ben. Ben's a good guy. Ben Ben's a good guy. I have a good time with Ben when he's in town, and it's it's funny. I uh, he's one of those. It's one of those people where it's like my friend's younger brother and I get sort of like protective, but also, uh, like I'm going to fuck with you. Like he's my younger brother. I've never had a younger brother though. So maybe that's not accurate. Maybe I'm just being a dick. Um, I hope that's not true, but yeah, it's, uh, it's always good to see Ben. I'm glad we could sit down and talk. And I think when he's in town, we're going to have to do a part two not have to worry about all this stupid Zoom business. God, I hate Zoom. I hate it so much. That's about it. Looking forward to continuing this season. I'm so distracted and all over the place because I have so much stuff going on outside of the podcast and can't even focus. Um, between school and some other stuff that I'm doing for some friends and obviously work, you know, it's just a lot. It's just a lot, but that has nothing to do with you guys. So I'm going to let you go. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Okay. I love you. Bye-bye.